Welcome to track number six of Expect Great Things. Wow. Well, the final session tonight. Are you excited? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's welcome the Father, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Beautiful dancing stars. Beautiful dancing stars. When I get to Accra, I'm going to tell them that the copies of the original are becoming like counterfeit money. You cannot easily tell the difference. So they better get some more characteristics to differentiate the, between the original and the copies. Wow. What a blessing. Father, keep us young in our hearts, in our lives, always serving you with joy. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Expect great things on your mission. Amen. Expect the fruits of wisdom when you go soul winning. Daniel chapter 12, verse number 3. Daniel 12, verse 3. What does it say? They that be wise shall shine as the stars forever and ever. Who is that? Verse 3, please. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Why don't you open these windows? You know, it's so hot in here. Is there a reason for drawing the curtains? Is it cold outside? Is there some special mystery that we don't know about? Why would you? The AC doesn't work, man. They that be wise shall shine like where the curtains are so that there's air in the room. Shall shine as the brightness of the feminine and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So when you are a wise person, you are going to turn many to righteousness. So I want you in your life, are you listening? To expect, once you become involved in winning souls and turning people towards God, you have become a wise man. Amen. Amen. Amen? And I want you to expect the fruits of wisdom in your life. So they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars 
Hallelujah. So you, when you turn many to righteousness, you shine. That is wisdom. It's wisdom. He that winneth souls is wise. There's a scripture like that. Can you find it on the computer? Who is the computer person? Where is, where is he based? Proverbs 11 verse 30. Proverbs 11 verse 30. 30. The fruit of righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. Expect the fruits of wisdom to shine in your life. Amen. Amen. Expect the fruits of wisdom to come forth in your life. What are the fruits of wisdom? Proverbs 3 Verse 13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. All the things that thou canst desire are not compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand. Expect to live a long life. As you show wisdom in the wisdom of soul winning, it's linked directly to long life. That is why the evangelists have outlived everybody else. The evangelists have lived, outlived, is it there? The evangelists have outlived everybody else. T.L. Osborne was 90 years old. Bonke is almost 80. Billy Graham is getting to 100. Yeah, they can't die. Because length of days is in their right hand. You take it from Proverbs 11 verse 30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is a wise person. So, like if you win souls, you are wise. I mean, that's all. You have become wise. What is the effect of wisdom? 3.13. Proverbs 3.13. Back to where you were before. Proverbs 3.13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Where were we before? 15. 16. 16. 3.16. Like John 3.16. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches of honor. So you, you, when you win souls, you are wise. Okay, When you are wise, length of days is in the right hand of wisdom. Don't be surprised if evangelist lives longer to bury teachers, pastors, prophets, lawyers, doctors, and outlive all of them because he that winneth souls is wise. And when you are wise, Length of days is in your right hand and riches in her left hand. Don't be surprised if the evangelist and the soul winning person has more money than you, the businessman. Amen. Amen. 
somebody ask me, what is the secret of prosperity? For me, the secret of prosperity is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's my strategy. I don't see anything else to teach apart from that. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. That is my secret of prosperity. What is my wisdom strategy? What is my wisdom strategy? Like what am I doing to prosper? What have I done to prosper? What keys am I into networking? Am I into smart goals? You know what a smart goal is? What's a smart goal? Simple. Measurable. Achievable. Realistic. Time related. Wow. Smart. S-M-A-R-T. Smart. Goals. Networking. Write notes. Read books. All kinds of strategies. I don't have any of those. My strategy is Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things which people are looking for, the cars they are looking for, it will be added unto you. Since I began the ministry, I have received cars. Yes. As gifts. On different occasions. Yes. First time I received a car was a um, a Toyota. Some people gave me a Toyota. I used it for some time. Then after, one of my relatives sent me another Toyota. I had two Toyotas. Then after that, he sent a minibus to me. And I I gave it to church to use for. I, I didn't know I don't know how to use a minibus. Yeah. I mean I've, I've received at least some cars in my life. I don't know if you've received cars as a banker. Bicycle? <laughs> huh? Toy cars, okay. Secret of prosperity. Working for the Lord. One time a brother said to me, he's bought me a car. And he mentioned the amount, the cost, the car cost. And then when he mentioned the type of car, I said, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I told him, listen, you know what? I don't want anything bad to happen with us in the church. Like you buy this car, when you bring it, I will not use it and you'll be offended and so on. I told him, I cannot use this car. I cannot use it. It would give me problems. So, he had to find somebody else to, something else to do with this very expensive car. These are things people are working for all their lives. 
Later, he met me somewhere. He told me, you are too fussy. People are struggling to have things. And if you ask me, what is my secret of prosperity? It's Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen? Amen. Is it amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Another time, somebody bought me a car. When I saw the car, I took the key and I gave it back. I said, please, thank you. I cannot use it. It's too much for me. I cannot. It's too, it's too rich for me. I cannot. It's not. I drive an ordinary car, a pickup. Yeah. Yeah. When Benny Hinn came to Ghana, I picked him up in my pickup. So this is what I have. <laughs> People are working very hard all their lives to have these things. And I'm sure more cars will be given to me. Like a river. When it comes, I just pass it back. You see, like when they pass the ball, you're a footballer, then you just... Receiving things that people are struggling for through your life. Recently, somebody brought me another car. I gave it to my houseboy. I'm sharing with you the secrets of prosperity. (laughs) Go back to Proverbs 3, verse 16. Yeah, 16. 16. 16, 16. Length of days is in the right hand. And riches and honor are in her left hand. Yes. You will see riches and honor as you serve the Lord. I'm I'm telling you to expect the fruits of... What did I come to tell you? Expect what? Great things. Am I sharing with you great things? Expect great things. Don't expect small things anymore. Yeah. As you are serving God, don't expect something small. Expect great things. People who reject employment by God are fools. 
And once I have not mentioned your name, don't, don't get angry. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Did I mention your name? Please, don't even start. If you know it's you, keep smiling and look straight. Nobody will know that it's you. Just keep looking straight. Don't turn to the left. People will know that it's you when you look to the left or the right. When God says, please, I want to offer you a job. And you say, can I see you after the meeting? Some particular things, don't even say, can I see you after? Can I come to your house to see you? Don't even say them. Can I call you? Can I, can I have your number? Can I have your email? I want to write things, explain things to you. During the Ghanaian political election, I met people. You know, when you are a dual citizen, like you have both from another country and another country, you know, you, you cannot hold certain offices in the country. All right? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. You cannot hold certain offices. You cannot. So I saw people giving up their citizenship, American citizenship, British citizenship. They gave it up and said, I'm no more British. I'm Ghanaian because I'm going to do politics. And if I win, then I'm going to be maybe the minister of the moon and stars or minister of the, the rivers and the lakes. They gave up. I saw them myself. I saw myself. They gave up. I'm no more American. And they came to do election and lost. Where do you go? But they, 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 they're ready to sacrifice like the world, some world system, something stretches out the hand and say, come work for me. And they give up everything, including their citizenship of America. And God stretches out his hand to you and say, come my daughter, I want you to work for me. I want you to marry one of my servants. My servant John, I want you to marry him. And I want you to love him. Serve him, be nice to him, care for him. I said, Oh, no, I don't. I, I, I don't want, I don't like, I don't like that voice. You know what I mean? I said, Voice. Hey! He's not a Christian, but you want him. Tall, he's not a Christian, you want him. Tall, who is not a Christian? Short and anointed and tall, tall unbeliever. Which one do you want? Short and anointed, anointed short. Or unanointed tall. Which one do you want? Wow. wow. 
Right hand. Long life. Left hand. Riches. Expect riches. Expect it. It's the fruit of wisdom. Why, why, should you, why should you waste your time searching for your life for money? When you can waste, you can give your life and your time looking for souls. I had a vision once. In the vision, I've had many visions where I was the subject. I hear that's what is called a trance. When you see yourself in it, you are like acting and you are watching yourself. I hear that's what's a trance. I don't know if it's true. So if, if that is the case, then it was a trance. And I saw myself on a road walking, winding road. And along the winding road, there were heaps of what I thought was sand. You know, like when a tipper truck of loads tips the sand, then it forms like a heap. So when I, when I got there, the sand was not sand. It was gold coins. When I got there, I said, wow, I am rich. I had to call for a truck and come and load all this to my house and then later to the bank. So just as I was about to organize a car, trucks and others to come and take this, I heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. There is no need. Just take one handful of these coins and just continue on the journey. Don't at all call anything. Leave it and go. I said, Lord, how can I leave all this money? He said to me, on the journey that I've called you, there are many of these heaps. So just keep walking and following my will and my way. And you will find many of these heaps. There is no need to end your ministry over one little bit of blessing. That is why you, you, you hardly find me preaching in rich places where people have money. You, you watch all my shadow. You hardly find me preaching where people have money. Because I don't, I don't follow the financial applications of things to take decisions. Why would I go to the first lab church if, if I was looking for money? In the, in the Kodesh. I have people who have planes. Wow. Yes. One time, one of my members asked me to come and dedicate. I thought he was de- wanted me to dedicate a car, but I said, oh, I want you to please dedicate a plane. Yeah. I said, really? No, I, I pretended that I'd been dedicating planes. I said, oh, no problem. I'll be there. You know. But it was, I've never dedicated a plane. No, you don't have to look surprised. You get what I'm saying? So I said, what time? What time is it? And I, and I went to the airport. Because, you know, you have to go to the airport to dedicate a plane. They can't bring it to the church. You get it? You see the car they can bring to church. The car park, then you pray for it. But the plane, you have to go to the airport. So I went to the airport to dedicate it. When I got there, they gave me the vest and everything to wear to go out. When I got on the plane, not knowing the pilots and all the crew were there, dedicate. And you know when a plane is packed to put on the lights, you have that sound you hear. It's, 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 it's uh, uh, what they call what APF, 
APU. Uh, 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 what is it? Alternative Auxiliary Power Unit. So there's like the engine is sort of so they had to put a lot of noise. So I said, oh, how am I going to pray? Then they said, you, you see that what the air hostess hold to hold. So ladies and gentlemen, we're approaching the Toronto airport and uh, what did you fasten your seatbelt? They gave it to me. So I held it. And I said, well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to pray now. Hallelujah. So I dedicated the plane, prayed over the plane, shared some word, and then prayed over the plane. And we're Boeing something. Boeing something, yeah. Yeah. You'll be dedicating planes too. I believe it. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen. Yes. Verse 17. Okay. Now jump to. No, no. Where am I? Daniel, the wisdom of Daniel, Lord. Give the wisdom of Daniel to this person. And Lord, if the person has not got this wisdom of Daniel by the end of this meeting, we shall pawn the person. Ah, what? 317, what is this? 317. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Ple- expect pleasant things. Are you expecting pleasant things or not? When you, when you are wise, you are following the word of God. Expect to experience pleasant things. Read, read it for yourself. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. I didn't write the Bible. Expect pleasantness. Yes. Many people are pleasant to me because I'm in the ministry. So much so that when I want to know how somebody really is, I sort of stand aside and I spy the person from afar to see how the person's really behaving. Because they all smile to me when they see me. Oh, hello, Fisher. <laughs> hello, Fisher. So I'm blessed with pleasantness all around. Whether it's genuine or not, I'm blessed with pleasantness. To know more, I have to stand back and look and see. So now you call people and say, oh, Bishop, oh, hello. Oh, oh, so I didn't know it was you. When they didn't know it was you, hello, yeah, what? Huh? Bishop, oh, Bishop. They are pleasant. Oh, my God. Receive pleasantness all through your life. peace. You are going to have a peaceful time. Yes. When you are full of the wisdom of God, no one will stand outside your window and hear you shouting. Yes. Hear you shouting and slap. Her ways are ways of peace. Yes. Not shouting, arguing. Screaming, blows, insults, swine. What do you mean by swine? Do you understand the meaning of swine? 
Swine is pigs. You're calling your wife pigs. Swine. Husband, you are telling your wife swine. Ways and ways of peace. You will have a peaceful marriage because of the wisdom of God. In Jesus' name. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that is going to happen. Let me hear your loudest amen. Pleasantness. When you are, when you girls, when you are, when you are filled with the wisdom of God, you see how pleasant you'll be. Oh, yes. Yes. A certain lady, when she got married and she had finished giving birth, she decided to close her vagina for renovation. she went to town and bought a big wooden wheel. Wooden wheel. Yes. That spins like this. And she painted it. All round. She painted it red and green. Like, uh, if you are dividing it into 16. Yes, 16 parts. So she had 16 parts. So all the parts, the 15 parts was red. She painted it all red. And then one part was green. And it was not a wheel that spins with a, a, a needle in the middle like this. So when it spins. So the red part she had written no sex. <laughs> and then the small green part she had written sex. No sex. So when her husband asked her for his desires she would say spin the wheel. And it goes round. And almost all the time, most of the time, it lands on the red, which is 15 parts. So one day, it was her husband's birthday. So he came again begging for sex and she told him to spin the wheel so when he spinned it red so usually when he's spinning the wheel she's wearing her glasses and reading her newspapers so when he spins 
and it missed. She told him, since it's your birthday, you can have another try. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And her paths are paths of peace. May you find a pleasant woman to marry. And all of you girls, may you be pleasant when you marry. And peaceful. 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 When your husband has finished boxing. See, when you are a boxer and the bell goes bling, you go to your corner. So your corner is where you are supposed to have peace, relaxation. But not that when you get to the corner, they pour hot water and you jump. And you jump back to start boxing again. Because your corner is not a corner of peace. When you get there, they start taking you on. Sorting you out. I want to point it out to you. I want to sort you out. I want you to know. I want you to know. A certain couple was, were arguing in the house. They started shouting. The voices were raised. One of them begged, please keep your voice down. The other one said, I want everybody to know who is the cause of the problem in this house. I will never lower my voice. I will never lower this voice. I want everybody to know who is the cause. What is the cause of the problem in this house? Hey! The ways are ways of pleasantness. When you are wise, you are pleasant. Yes. You think it's only by beauty that you get a husband? No, 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 no. You've got to be genuinely pleasant. Yes. You've got to be genuinely pleasant. To be genuinely pleasant is to be pleasant even to unimportant people. And it's to be pleasant when you are not being watched. Every lady is pleasant when she's being watched. Oh, hello, fish. Everybody's like that. Yes. When there's somebody important. But when you are dealing with other people that no one can see. Yes. Many women are deceptive. You are trained in deception. And also easily deceived. Your breast is not your real breast. Your, what is this place called? This place is what? Hips is not a real one. Your hair is not your hair. Your eyelashes is not your eyelashes. Your skin color is not your skin color. Your skin is not your skin. Your, your ass is not your ass. Your stomach is like a pregnancy. But you have squeezed it inside. Oh, eh? Your nails are not your nails. Nothing about you is real. 
Your height is not your height. Your height is like this. And your smile is not your real smile. It's only for church and only for outsiders. Hey! Oh, Nala, beautiful. One day, I went to a certain old man and old woman's house. Yeah. The old man was using a walking stick. But his wife was not using a walking stick. And they were living together, just the two of them. And I was sitting with them. And suddenly the old lady went out. And the old man lifted his walking stick at the door where she went out. And he pointed like a gun. <laughs> he pointed like a gun. And he said, angry, angry. Always angry. Angry, always angry. At the age of about 80. Angry, always angry. About what? What again can you not happy about? Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Expect the fruits of wisdom in your life. As I'm preaching to you, talking to you as girls. Yes. Learn. You think it's a joke. There's not even a 1% joke in it. You may be laughing because it, 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 is, it is ridiculous. That nothing about you is real. Nothing about you is real. Yes. That is a cause why you are also not genuinely happy. Because they are not getting anything pleasant. Yes. If I come to you and you are pleasant, I'll respond in pleasantness. But when you are hostile, accusative, suspicious, I also got on my guard. I have to be careful here. There are some people who are permanently on guard in their house. Their house is more fire than anywhere else. There are a lot of people who don't want to go home. Sometimes you see them driving around. They are just delaying. They are just delaying. They are just delaying to go home. They want to wait a bit. God, there's an angry woman. Always angry. Points towards the door and say, mm, angry, mm, angry. Always angry. Always angry. Wow. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. I really like this scripture. It's wise to be pleasant. It's wise to be pleasant. Yeah. It attracts people. It attracts people. When I met my wife, she was more pleasant than all the girls in the hall. Yes. True. She'll offer you food. 
When you come there, she would, whatever cooking they had done for students, she would give a little bit. We all had, she would find. Every other room, mysteriously, that I would visit, no one ever had food. I mean, mysteriously. It's a mystery. Her room was the only room where there was food. Not knowing that when they see we are coming, they hide the food in the balcony. Or if they were just about to eat, they wait patiently for us, the boys, to leave. When we leave, then they eat. Yes. No wonder many of the people that I met her with in the university at the age of 19, 20. Today, at the age of 50 plus, they are not married. Yes, not married. Never got married. Never got married. I know at least a number of them, I met them in the same hall, in the same school, at the same age. Still not married. They they never had anything pleasant to offer a strolling, straying visitor. When we come there, and I used to go around room to room visiting. Oh, yeah. And when you are not pleasant, you cannot help in the ministry. Yes, because you are more of a negative point. John Wesley used to be very worried about going anywhere with his wife. He didn't want his wife to go anywhere with him. Because he doesn't know what he's going to do. Yes. One time he went and he was with 60 other pastors. 60. There were 60 of them. And there was a lady, lady serving them. She burst through the door and started shouting at the woman who was serving. She said, this woman who is serving you is a, is a witch. She's a, she's a, she's a, 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 a whore. Yes. This girl, she's simple. Well, you all of you, whatever. Shouting. All kinds of things. So he was always um, trying to avoid you know, to keep her out. One day his wife was traveling somewhere. When she said bye-bye to him, she, he said to her, I hope I never see your wicked face again. Yeah, I hope I never see your wicked face again. <laughs> yes. The founder of the Methodist Church said, I hope I never see your wicked your wicked face again. Yeah. It's, it's in my book, The Beauty, The Beast, and The Pastor. Uh, I hope I never see your wicked face again. May you hear better things than that. Her ways, her ways, her ways, her ways, her ways, her ways, are ways of pleasantness. Being nice, being friendly, bathing. I mean, a boy and a girl from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Who will smell more by the evening? No, I mean, let us be scientific. By the evening. Eh? From the front to the back, it is smelling. Ah, 
when you go, you won't bath. And you say you are married. One day I had a camp and I was preaching about bathing. I mean, just like I'm saying now. When, when we closed, we went to the dormitories, the rooms. Then we came back the next day. So the next day I called for a group. I don't know, I met them. And they said, hey, Bishop, what you said is true. Yesterday when we went, we didn't bath. <laughs> All of us didn't bath. And then when we were, when we were getting we said, what Bishop said is so true, it's happening. Verse 18. She is a tree of life. To them that lay hold upon her. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. Not everyone that has heard of her. Retains. See, we hear, but we don't retain. But if you are able to retain the wisdom that you are hearing, you'll be a happy man. Happy. Happiness. Happiness. Expect happiness. As you keep soaking in the word of God, expect happiness. Even what I've just preached, your husband will say, "Mm, what a sweet, sweet smelling tree you are. From head to toe when I smell. But not that when I smell from here, when I get here, I'm knocked out as a coma. I go into coma from down here below. I go... Oxygen, 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 oxygen. You will start bathing from today. Verse 19. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. Amen. Through wisdom you will establish your ministry. Because the Bible says the Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. And by understanding he has established the heavens. So this earth that you see was built by wisdom. Amazingly, it's a very, very intelligent design. Let me just tell you one thing. Where is the sun? Here. Either here or there. So let's take it that it's here. After the sun is which planet? What is the nearest planet to the sun? Mercury. After Mercury is which planet? Venus. Two planets. After Venus is who? Mars. Earth. Earth. Earth is the third. When you look on Earth with a telescope, there's a special telescope you can use to look at the sun. Don't look at the sun with... uh, 
eyes and also binoculars or even telescope. It's a special. Don't don't you should just bend your eye and you are blind. So when you look at the sun, it's like like this banner, red fire with explosions, a lot of explosions and fire, and it's creating a wind that blows from the sun to the earth. It takes several years to get here. Yes, very very fast. And you can see this wind at the Arctic Circle, Greenland. If you go to Greenland or Iceland, you see this wind blowing and it's in colors. You see it only at the north because of the magnetic poles. It's on that side. But it's, it's a wind that is coming. From, it's a wind, solar wind. The northern lights is coming from at the sun. When you look at the sun, huge! After Earth, it's rich planet. Mars. After pla- Mars is what? Jupiter. Jupiter. After Jupiter is? Saturn. You should see Saturn. It's like magic. When you see, I, w- I was watching Saturn on a video. I was watching Saturn. When I said, I said, what? How? How will somebody not believe in God? Then a few seconds later, my wife came into the room. She wasn't there, so she came. When she saw her first question, what? Why would people say there is no God? Same reaction. Saturn with the rings, different colors. Oh, you just even be amazed at what is this? After Saturn is which one? Uranus. I'm going to put a telescope at the end when we get there to look at the sun. That's why I'm taking you through. After Uranus is what? Neptune. Neptune. After Neptune is what? Pluto. But I said they say it's no more a planet. Is that the last one? Okay, when they put a telescope there and they look at the sun again. Remember, we were over here looking at the, at the earth, looking at the sun. It was so huge. When they put a telescope on the last one and look at the sun, surprise, surprise. You know what the surprise is? The sun was one of the stars. It was a dot among the stars. It was one of the stars. It was one of the dots. Yeah. When they came to Pluto and they looked, put it there, it was one of the stars. Like the stars, stars that sun was just one. <laughs> yeah. Clap for Jesus. There was nothing made that was not made without him. Those who are saying that there is no God, watch out. And the Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. So we are actually just one system. Of planets around one of the stars. That's what we call the solar system. Like the system around the solar. Yes, it's the eight or nine planets around the stars. This particular set. But there are many other stars. Plenty, myriads. That they keep discovering. So we are a special unit. And if the earth moves a little away from the sun, everybody will freeze. If it comes by one mile... Just one mile in view, everybody will bend. So it's like a particular temperature and position in the system. Clap for the Lord. You will also be used to create wonderful things and make wonderful things by wisdom. Expect to be found to be creative, expect creativity. I'm telling you to expect great things. 
from the Lord. Amen. Amen. By wisdom. Wonderful things are made. Wonderful things. Verse 20. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Verse 21. My son, let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Verse 22. So they shall be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Verse 23. Yes. Thou shalt walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. Safety is of the Lord. And God will make you safe by his wisdom. Amen. Amen. How many are going to walk in the Lord and with the Lord in his wisdom? So don't set aside his word. Get deeper. And now get more into implementing the word of God. Start doing the things that God is saying to you to do. Do them. Just do them. Don't talk. Don't meet. Don't have another. Don't call for a meeting after. Don't keep on talking. Don't ask to see anybody after church. Just do the things. Immediately. Implementation. Are you listening to me? Verse 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt lie down and thy sweet, thy sleep shall be sweet. My sleep is sweeter than those who have mortgages. Because whether I go to work or I don't go to work at the end of the month, no, I don't owe anybody. I've owed people before. I've owed before. But I don't owe now. I've owed before. But I don't owe. Amen. Amen. When thou liest down, thou shalt sleep. Thy sweet shall be sleep. Sweet sleep shall be sweet. <laughs> be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when he cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Fantastic. Expect. Great things from the Lord. Number seven, expect great. Expect to expect to live. As short on this earth as is necessary to fulfill your commission. Yeah. Don't bother your head and your life with your head with long life. I want to live forever. No. A wise person is here for a reason. When you have been sent on your mission, you finish your mission, you are out. What else are you going to do around here? There's nothing here. You can even be tempted and fall. So, if you finish your mission, that's it. You're out. So, Christians today are completely possessed with the idea of living to be 100 years old. Methuselah lived to be 900 and whatever years old, but did not achieve much. 
Short lives and long lives is not the issue. It's fruitful lives. It's amazing how people who live sometimes short lives are able to do a lot. Some people too also who do live long lives are able to do it. Like John West, he lived 90. He did so much. William Carey, 70. But there are people who didn't live so long. Like Keith Green. Even Bob Marley. He was 32 years old when he was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, just 32. I mean, he was in his 20s when he was doing all his songs. <laughs> and that was it. So, Christians are completely befuddled with the concept of living forever. But that is not what God has called us here for. Why do I say so? Jesus Christ, how old, how old was he when he died? How old was John the Baptist when he died? Some, about 30, 31, 32. Just 30 years of life. And Jesus said there, was, there is no greater prophet than John the Baptist. You see, by not focusing on living forever, living this long, living that long, you focus on the real thing, and the real thing is what are you doing for the Lord? Like what is coming out of your life for God? When you read the lives of the missionaries, you find out that living for a long time was not what was important. When you have that man, you can't easily work for God. Because you have to be safe. A lot of places are not safe to go to. They are not safe. If you go, you are in danger. You are endangering your life. A large number of places are becoming more and more unsafe. So our mission fields are shrinking to the safe areas. (laughs) Yes. That's why you hardly find a white American as you used to find them. On the mission field, you will not easily find them today. I don't know if you have any white American missionaries in Guyana today. But I am telling you before, they, they would have been here. I am sure that they were here. I don't know anything about your history, but I am sure they were here. So expect to live. But expect to live as long as you need to finish your calling. And that's it. What else are you doing here? Marriage. So, we are marrying to be happy. and not. Look, in heaven, the Bible says, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Yeah. What pleasures are these? You never know. There could be sex in heaven too. Yeah. Very well could be. Because the angels which came down from heaven came to have sex with the human beings. So they, they knew what to do. When they saw it, said, this place is used for this. This this part is used for this. This part. They had some. They were using it. They're probably using it. At your right hand, there are what? Pleasures forevermore. Wow. And the Bible says, angels do not marry. But many people don't marry and they have sex. Marriage, you don't need to marry per se to have sex. Most of you do not have we're not married when you're having sex. True or not true? Started having sex, you were not married at all. And still not married. Yeah. 
Are you still around? Wow. How many enjoy the word of God? Is it becoming honey to you? Is it becoming sweet to you? Is it becoming nice to you? Expect great things from the Lord. Amen. Now, Sweeter than honey to my 
to look at one person as we come to the end. Sit down. Not a problem. Not a problem. Now, we are going to look at the life of Adoniram Jackson. He said, the motto of every missionary, whether a preacher or a printer or a schoolmaster, ought to be, the motto should be devoted for life. He was a brilliant, highly educated person destined for a prestigious career as a United States statesman. Instead, for the love of Christ, he surrendered all that he had and his academic standing, his fame, his earthly possessions, and his precious family to spend 38 years Pastor Collins, how long have you been here for? 
10 years. Adoniram Judson spent 38 years. 38 years. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the people of Burma. Myanmar. Just on the left side of India. Or the, yeah, the right side. Devoted for life was the cry of Judson's heart. This devotion meant spending the rest of one's life ministering the gospel in a foreign country without a single visit home. There was nothing like short-term missions for such people. Judson's vision was to translate the Bible directly from Hebrew and Greek into the Burmese language. He knew that there was no greater hope for Burma than for the Burmese people to have the word of God in their hands. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, he worked on translating the Bible for 28 years. That's why I say you should start your ministry early because if you are going to die at the age of 32 or 35 minus 28, it's like you should have started a ministry when you were 7 years old. During his tireless ministry in Burma, he experienced both the triumphs and the tragedies of the mission life. And he saw thousands of lives transformed in Christ. And yet he faced so much persecution, imprisonment, family tragedies. Alright? He never gave up. You see, he married three times. He's called three times lucky. Because he had three good wives. May you be lucky each time. Husbands and wives are not going to die on the same day usually. One of you will go first. One will be left. You may marry, you may not marry. How many marry again? Adoniram Judson came into the earth when he was um, a young man. America was just formed. And he, start, he liked reading. He read most of the books in his father's library and gained a reputation, especially in maths. So he, he, his father en, enrolled him in a school and, and kept on saying, my son, you will be a great man someday. Now he went to a school. And this school, unfortunately, had introduced a philosophy, all right, called deism. Deism is the belief that there is a creator, but he never intervenes in human affairs. 
So it's like when he made, when God makes you, then he went on vacation and left you here. So the enlightenment introduced a philosophy that man didn't need God. And if you are a free thinker, you don't have to, you have to think about things for yourself. And they challenged the Bible. And the Bible was not really necessary. And unfortunately, Adoniram Jackson went to school where these things were being taught and being propounded by all the friends. So all his friends in his school, Rhode Island College, all right, were behaving like that. So after three years, all right, he came out of the school to his parents' surprise eh, as an atheist. He came out of university saying that there is no God. So at the time of his graduation, Jackson no longer believed in the God that his parents believed in. And he went home and went and got a job and started arguing with his parents because his parents wanted him to be. And one day he shouted at his father and he said, Stop arguing with me. I don't want to be a teacher or a pastor. I don't believe in heaven or in hell or in your God. I am a deist. That's the people who believe that God created man and left man to do what he wants to do. Adoniram Jackson's father was shocked. And he reasoned with his unyielding son for hours. And Adoniram Jackson demolished every argument that his father set out to prove. But he he wouldn't listen. He got on his horse and he left. One night when he was on a journey, he stopped at a hotel to sleep. A kind of hostel. The landlord led him to a room and he said, I'm sorry, but all that I have is this room if you like to sleep. But unfortunately, there is a man in the next room to you who is very sick and the man is dying. I mean, he's very, very ill. Jackson said, no problem at all. I will have no problem sleeping. But he was wrong. Throughout the night, Adoniram Jackson was turning left and right, listening to the next door neighbor's groanings. And his caretaker's hasty thoughts. And as he heard the man tortured, dying, he started asking himself, am I ready to die? Still, he could not help himself. Finally, by the morning, 4 a.m., the room became quiet. The man had died. Then he saw the hotel manager and said, Good morning, sir. How was my next door neighbor? And the manager said, I'm afraid he's dead. Then Adoniram Jackson asked, Who was he? I mean, what is his name? 
after that, I don't know if you know him, and he mentioned his name, and his name was um, yes, he said, oh, he was a young man from Rhode Island College, the same school. His name was Jacob Eames. His best friend. They all came out of the school and they all said they don't believe in God anymore. And the guy who was in the hotel room next door was his best friend. He said, for a few hours, Adoniram Jackson was shocked. Overwhelmed with confusion that his best friend Jacob was lost in death. And he he knew that his friend was lost and he was so scared. So he went back home and he wept bitterly with his father and repented. And within a few weeks, he began to be drawn to the Holy Spirit and he never turned back when he made a complete dedication to God. One year passed. And he said, how shall I order my future so that I will please God? Are you there? He met a, a man with a sermon. The man was called Dr. Claudius. And he was a chaplain of the British East India Company. And the man shared his experience of how he was a missionary in Asia. Are you listening to me? Yes. Are you sure you are still here? Yes. One day he was walking in the woods behind the college, praying on a subject, and he said the thought that came to his mind was, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said that scripture became clear in my mind that I came to a full decision that somehow... I will obey this scripture at all events. And just as the missionary call came, are you there? Four young men also came along and they found, they came together as friends and they decided, are you there? To form a group. All right? How did this happen? One day, the four of them were in a rainstorm. And when the rainstorm came, there was a lot of lightning. They went and hid under a small place where they were protected from the rain. And as the rain was pouring down, they were very close together. And as they were standing together in the rain like that, four friends, they started speaking about how they need to bring Christ. That's in the rainstorm. The rain was falling all over them. And they were huddled together like that. And they started talking about how they can bring Christ to the world. And then they decided to form a a missionary movement, an American movement that will be focused on Asia. Are you there? And that night, that day, under that little place that they were hiding, they actually made a monument there where they formed that missionary thing under the rain there. Called it the Monument in Mission Park. All right, of the Society of the Brethren to take the gospel. Are you there? Yes. So Adoniram Jackson 
was selected by his friends that he should go on the mission field. But his parents, now that their son had become serious, were now not so excited that he was now taking the thing to the extreme. Is it not a normal experience for everybody? First, your parents are worried that you are not whatever. Then when you take it very seriously, say, hey, you are taking it too far. It happened to Adoniram Jackson as well. All right? So his father wanted him to be the assistant pastor of Park Street Church in Boston. And this was a big honor. Are you there? His father was very proud about this job. And he said to his son, Adoniram, you will be so near the house. And Adoniram immediately replied and said, No, mother, I shall never live in Boston. I have much further than that to go. Once again, the parents were not happy with him. But he was convinced that his life and intellectual gifts would not be wasted doing missionary works. Hmm? Listen, as one person noted, it is a mistake to suppose that thou and second-rate men are good enough for the heathen. The worst of need the very best that we have. God gave his best, even his only begotten son, in order to redeem a lost world. Christianity will advance over the earth with long swift strides when the church are ready to send their best men and when the best men are ready to go. Are you, are you, is it interesting to you or it's boring to you? Anybody who is finding this boring, please get up and stand outside at the back till we close. We are closing in a few minutes. Check your neighbor. Find, please, these are not for people who are not serious Christian. You cannot enjoy what is being said. You can come back in for the dancing afterwards. Wow. Then he met a beautiful girl called Anne. And he wrote a letter to Anne's father. This is the letter he wrote to Anne's father. Dear Anne's father, I have now to ask whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring and perhaps to see her no more in this world. What a letter. Whether you can consent to her departure to a heathen land and her subjection to the hardships and sufferings of a missionary life. Please, dear Anne's father, 
Will you consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress? Dear Anne's father, will you accept your daughter? Can you consent for your daughter to be exposed to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you? For the sake of perishing immortal souls, for the sake of Zion, and for the sake of the glory of God. Yours truly, Adoniram Jackson. Clap for Adoniram. Clap for Adoniram. This letter caused a lot of problems to the father of Anne. But he gave his consent. And Anne herself wrote to her friend and said, this is Anne. You see, Christian ladies, listen. Don't say we should have a women's meeting. Listen to this preaching. This is preaching is good enough for you. She said, I feel willing and expect to spend my days in this world in heathen lands. I have come to the determination to give up all my comforts and enjoyments here and go where God in his providence shall see fit to send me. He has my heart in his hands. And when I am called to face danger, he can inspire me with fortitude. And enable me to trust him. Jesus is faithful. And his promises are precious. Clap for Adoniram Jackson's wife. I tell you. What a wife. Before Adoniram could leave for the mission field. He was sent to London to go and get financial support. On the way, he was captured by a French ship, warship, Le Invincible Napoleon, and was taken to France as a captive. And when he was in the prison, he shouted, I'm an American, I'm an American. Because Britain and France were fighting. I'm an American, American. Before somebody came and released him and to run away. When he went to England too, they didn't give him any help. That year, Adoniram wrote to his beloved, Anne, with high hopes. He said, may this be the year in which you will change your name. May this be the year in which you will take a final leave of your relatives and your native land. May this be the year in which you will cross the wide ocean. And may this be the year in which you will dwell on the other side of the world among a hidden people. What a great change will this year probably effect in our lives. Clap for Adoniram's beloved doses. This is beloved doses. I mean, this is spiritual beloveds. 
Like this, how to fall in love as a Christian. Some of you don't know how to fall in love in a Christian way. You just know how to have sex with boys and girls. Small no sex, small no sex, small no sex. Look at people, they have not slept together. They are writing, leave your house, go to the end of the world, sleep here, say bye bye to your father, do you accept to die a violent death, never to see your daughter again, I love you, we shall be, change your name and this and that. Some of you will say, change my name? What do you mean, change my name? I'm not changing no name. I'm not changing no name for no foolish man. Hmm. Eighteen twelve. Eighteen twelve. There was a, a war was going to start between England and Britain. Adoniram said, Charlie, let us leave America before the war starts. So, 1812, they couldn't get a church. They had their wedding in somebody's house. And they were married by Reverend Allen. And the next day, after the marriage, he didn't go for honeymoon. He went for ordination. And he was ordained as a missionary. 1812 February, icy cold weather, minus whatever degrees. Adoniram and Anne went on a ship called the Caravan destined for Calcutta, along with another friend called Samuel Newell and his newly married bride, Harriet Atwood. So it was Adoniram and Anne and Samuel and Harriet who went on the mission. Harriet was just 17 years old. She and Anne were childhood friends. Harriet was only 17. Other friends called Samuel, Roxana, Gordon, and Luther Rice followed a few days later on another ship. Hey! Wow. While they were on the ship, Adoniram was reading his Bible and was thinking about going to meet a famous missionary called William Carey. After four months at sea, Four months. And you know that those days, some of the ships get sunk on the way. Yeah, they just sink. In fact, one of them, he was coming back and the ship was going, said he wouldn't go. And the ship went, it sank, everybody drowned. Yeah. Four months. From England to Burma, India. Wow. When they arrived there, they traveled up the Huli River full of alligators and snakes to where William Carey was. All right? And they were in India. And the people said, when he said he wants to go to Burma, they said, don't go there. They told him, forget about Burma. Forget Burma. But they were asked to leave India immediately and go back to England. As for Burma, it was out of the question. But Adoniram decided uh, that he was going to go a certain way. Amen. Amen.
Then, are you there? You see, there are always political problems. And when they got there, they were not welcome in India. They asked them to go back. As of Burma, it's out of the question. So Adoniram went and found another ship called Labelle, which was about to sail to Mauritius, the Isle of France. And he approached the captain secretly. And he said, will you take us on board without a passport? And the captain said, yes, you can go. All right, so they went. And um, his friend, remember Samuel and Harriet, he and whatever, they all went on the ship. And they got to the Isle of France where they were met with the news that Harriet had had a baby. I think they left them there when they were coming. And the mother, Harriet, and her child have died from pneumonia. So Samuel lost his wife. His wife was just 17. His wife died. And now Samuel was alone. And Adoniram, Justin was with Anne. So Adoniram, and there was, they were with another guy called Luther Rice, who was already fighting health problems. He decided to go back to America. So Adoniram found another ship headed for Burma. All right. And a year later, he and his wife arrived in Burma. Standing on the deck, he saw Burma and he said, dissuaded by all our friends against Burma, we commended ourselves to God. Georgiana was a small vessel, very difficult to travel in for his wife Anne because she was pregnant for eight months. While they were a ship, the ship started turning like this. And she went into labor on the ship and delivered a boy and the boy was dead. So, feeling very cold. They, have not, they are just entering the mission, Burma. Huh? They entered with a dead child, threw the child in the water and then they came to de- Burma, the country that would be their home for life. A lot of people look at them. Naked children, people smoking Cigars, her, his wife Anne was the first white woman to set foot in Burma, which was called Rangoon in those days. Wow. And they were taken to a mission house that was being started by Felix Carey, the son of William Carey. He was a medical missionary. So within a few weeks, the missionary who was there before him, Felix Carey, Decided that he was leaving. He can't stay there. He's going up the river to take an appointment as a doctor in another place near the capital. So he decided to leave. Unfortunately, when this man, Carey, the son of William Carey, were traveling up the Irrawaddy River on their way to Ava. Ava was the capital of Burma. They are both capsized. And Felix's wife and four children drowned in the water. And in a fog of grief, Felix Carey, who was the one there when William Carey came back, he said he was leaving to go up. He became grief struck and started roaming around for so many years alone. So the Jacksons were now in Burma alone. And Adoniram wrote 
to his friend Luther and said, choose men with some natural aptitude to acquire a language. Men who live near to God and who are willing to suffer all things for Christ's sake without being proud of it. And the Baptists in Boston were excited by the news of Adoniram Jackson's arrival and organized a new society, a new help to support them. That is the way missions must be done. Anne was enchanted. She liked the city, but the city was dirty. All right? And the biggest temple thing in Rangoon was the pagoda, the biggest Buddhist temple with huge gold-plated spire that towered above the city. And as the Calcutta Indian missionaries had won, forget about Burma, Burma was ruled by an emperor who was called the Golden Face. And he ruled with an iron hand. Buddhism is the only religion allowed in the country. Buddhists believe in continual. Do you have Buddhism here? Life cycles of birth and death as they progress from lower life forms to human beings. So they didn't know anything about Christ. But Adoniram and his wife started to work there. Amen. And Adoniram began to work on the language. And Anne was to become acquainted. She was hospitable. She ran the house, directed servants, went to the market to purchase food, and visited the wife of like the mayor. As a result, she became fluent in understanding and speaking the normal language with the people. Thank God for missionary wives. And then Anne wrote to her house. She wrote, she said, I am frequently obliged to speak Burman language all day. I can talk and understand others better than Mr. Jackson, my husband. Although he knows more about the nature and the construction of the language because he was trying to write the language. Then she wrote in December 11, 1813, for the first time I visited the wife of the mayor. She received me very politely, took me by the hand, seated me upon a mat by herself. She was very inquisitive whether I had a husband and children and whether I was my husband's first wife. Meaning whether I was the highest among them. Anne had no way of knowing that her good relationship with the mayor's wife would save their life later on. The next two years were happy because the Jacksons were preparing to receive their second child. September 11, 1815, Adoniram was the labor nurse to deliver his wife's child. Yeah, he delivered the baby in the house. And they gave birth to a healthy baby boy. He called him Roger. Baby Roger was a great joy to them. During this time, he wrote and said, Thanks be to God, not only for rivers of endless joys above, for the comforts I received because of his child. But in the spring of 1816, remember the child was born in September, the next year about April, baby Roger developed a fever and a cough that passed That was getting worse. Without medical attention, on May the 4th, baby Roger died at seven months. Adoniram and Anne, they have not yet won souls, only that their children are dying. And their mates are dying. And the wives and the children of others are drowning. Huh? Are you still around? Are there people sleeping at the back? Check if people are sleeping at the back. 
Water them for me, please. Water them. All those sleeping at the back, check them out. Are they asleep or they awake? Adoniram Jackson received a gift of a printing press from India. Wow. On April 4th, are you with me? Six years after arriving in Rangoon, Adoniram Jackson conducted the first public Christian service. Six years. In their language, in their Burmese language. And a young Burmese man came to the first service, listened, and he expressed repentance and gave his life to Jesus after six years. One person. Clap for Adoniram. After six years of planting and watering for Adoniram, more young men joined them. And Judson started to print his tracts, 5,000 copies. Hundreds of curious Burmese wanted to read his tracts every day. And the first Burmese converts were baptized. Somebody sleeping there? This event, Anne wrote in her journal, For me, I'm interested in what I'm reading. It's it's very interesting to me, so I'm just reading it. I don't really mind if you sleep. This event is a single trophy that has warmed and filled our hearts. Hallelujah. No sooner did the first baptism start, the government began to persecute Adoniram Jackson. And Adoniram Justin decided to go and see the king, the emperor himself. Only a few white men had ever been allowed to meet this golden-faced man. All right? So, in December 1819, Justin traveled 350 miles on the river. 350 miles, which would be like, 500 kilometers on a river. Irrawaddy River. (laughs) To go and meet the golden face. Hallelujah. And the golden palace was beautiful. And he entered the spacious hall. At the announcement of the emperor's arrival, they all lay down on the floor. And the man asked, who are these men? We are the religious teachers you have heard about, oh great one. Judson answered in the Burmese language. Please, what's happening at the back there? Hey guy, stop stop whatever you're doing, it's okay. The guy in the blue t-shirt. You are distracting, you are distracting. Hey, move from there, move from there. Right. The emperor was shocked 
We are just ending in a few minutes, please. Ten minutes, we'll be done. The emperor was shocked. You speak like a Burmese man. What have you come for? And they presented the documents, the brochures, the tracts, and the man threw them away and said, no, it is nonsense. And so, they left to go back on the river to go out because the emperor was now trying to close down all Christian churches. Are you there? So when he got back to where he was came, coming from, he said they, were, they have to leave because they were going to die. A guy was going to kill them. But all the Burmese people who had been saved started begging them, please don't leave us. The few believers that they had. Stay at least until a little church of 10 people is collected. And a native teacher is set over it. Wow. They just wanted 10 members. And they said, this religion of truth will spread of itself. The emperor cannot stop it. And the bravery of the ordinary Christians there inspired Adoniram Jassin to stay in Burma. Alright? And the church began to grow. 15, 20, and then 25 believers. Hallelujah. It's working slowly. now was now getting sick. Hey. So they said that she needs fresh air. So they put her on a ship to America. When she got there, she survived and she got to America. She traveled around for two years sharing the testimony of what had happened for the six years or whatever in Burma. And many Americans decided to support the work they were doing. While Anne was in America, a medical missionary came to Rangoon, Dr. Price. And when his reputation reached the emperor's ears, Dr. Price was summoned to the royal court. All right? And Adoniram Jackson was called to be the interpreter. And because of Dr. Price's medical knowledge, the emperor openly welcomed both men and invited them to move to the capital. So Adoniram returned to wait for his wife. All right? And by July 12, 1823, the first New Testament of Burmese language was completed after 10 long years of hard work. Now, Adoniram, after 10 years, moved from that place to the capital where the emperor was because he was now an interpreter for the doctor. But when they got there, suddenly something changed. There was a war between Britain and Burma. And the emperor grew wild and suspected all foreigners. And Henry... Goge, a rich young British merchant, was first imprisoned. All his gold and property were seized. And once the authorities saw that Goge had donated funds to Judson, 
the American missionaries were also accused of being spies. So Judson was there when the door opened and 12 Burmese officials rushed in. One of them was a spotted face, which means a criminal and prison executioner. And they asked, where is the teacher? And he stepped forward and said, I'm here. You are called by the king. These are the words that were spoken when somebody was being arrested. Immediately, the spotted face seized Adoniram, threw him roughly on the ground, wrapped a metal chain around his arm so tightly that blood began to flow. Please, stop. Don't take him, please. Anne, his wife, remember Anne, his wife, pleaded, I will pay you money. Then they turned to her, we should take her as well. Then the officer in charge ignored that remark and took Adoniram alone. Adoniram was dragged to the dreaded death prison. Three pairs of iron fetters were tied around his ankles. Dirty and bleeding from fetters, Jackson was thrown into a dark prison cell with 100 other prisoners. The stench of rotten food, human excrement, and unwashed bodies was unbearable. And Adoniram wretched from the smell alone. Horror of horrors. Judson wrote later, never to my dying day shall I forget the scene. A dim lamp in the midst, just making darkness visible. Discovering to my horrified gaze, 60 or 70 wretched objects, some in rows made fast in the stocks, some strung on long poles, some simply fettered, but all sensible of a new acquisition of misery. As his eyes grew accustomed to the darkness, he saw Gouger, he saw Dr. Price, he saw Scotsman, he saw Captain Led, and several other white foreigners already tied in the corner of the room. Prison and death, the threat of death, will be their companion for the next 17 months. They were in there. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Never had this scripture seemed more real to Adoniram than now. The death prison was a large rectangular box with no ventilation. A tin roof separated the wretched prisoners from the rays of the tropical sun. As the daily temperatures reached over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, rats and mice scuttled across from all corners and found homes in the prisoners' clothing. Like when you wet your clothes, you wear the mouse come to stay, stay in the pocket. Food was not provided for the prison by the prison. Friends from outside had to bring food every day or the prisoners would starve. Each night, the father of the prison would have approached Jackson and the other foreigners with an evil grin. Together, the prisoners were strung on a bamboo pole that was lowered from the ceiling. The, ceiling, the pole was passed between the fetters and they were hung by their feet until only their head and shoulder touched the ground. So they were hung upside down and their head and shoulders would touch the ground. This position gave much pain and little sleep, but they did not die. In the morning, they were lowered to the ground. In the night, they sleep upside down like that. That's Adoniram Jackson, the missionary. Those of you missionaries who are complaining and missionaries' wives, listen to real missionaries. Each day at three o'clock, a powerful gong, without a word, the chosen one will follow. The guards would march into the quiet room and choose one or two prisoners. 
Without a word, the chosen ones will follow the guards out of the room, shuffling in their iron fetters to their execution. Each day, the question would be, which prisoner will be chosen for execution tomorrow? And his wife ran to the prison door. She hadn't seen Adoniram since his days of arrest some days earlier. She saw him bleeding from his ankles. And Anne was decided to fight for her husband's release. She visited as many government officials as she could throughout the 17 months, pleading for her husband's release. Finally, the governor of Ava, who is the, where is the capital, expressed sympathy and said, I cannot release them, but I can try to make them more comfortable. With each visit, Adoniram looked more like the living dead. Daily, the prisoners had the guards sharpening their knives for beheading of prisoners and hanging of prisoners in the courtyard. Anne would arrive with food reports from outside and encouragement for the men inside. Anne was moving up and down, up and down. One morning, the officials informed Anne, we will be visiting your house tomorrow. Anne hurried home to hide the valuables before they arrived. I secreted as many articles as possible. Carefully carrying a bag of silver to bury in the backyard, Anne remembered the greatest treasure that they had. So she ran to the back of the house and she wrapped Adoniram Jackson's completed manuscript of the New Testament in a piece of muslin. Anne would not let 10 years of Adoniram's work be destroyed in a moment. So she buried the bag and prayed for God's protection over the contents. At the prison, she told her husband, she whispered to her husband, this is where I put the manuscript. He praised her ingenuity. But they knew that the manuscript would not survive underground. So he told her to go and dig it out of the ground and bring it to him. So she sewed the manuscript into a pillow and brought the pillow to Adoniram to use in the prison. So for the next few months, Adoniram slept with his head securely on the word of God. The pillow, the word of God was his, was his pillow. Hallelujah. For the next few months, Adoniram at a point was allowed to spend a few hours with her in the hut. It was a blessing because she was already eight months pregnant. But without warning, one day, the hut was destroyed and he was not allowed to go. Then, Anne sobbed, begged the governor of Ava. And the man was also very brokenhearted. He said, I was ordered to execute them, but I refused. The least I can do is to hide them, but I cannot release them. Please don't ask me. I cannot. For the next three weeks, Anne did not visit because she delivered a baby girl called Maria Elizabeth Judson. But when she returned to see Adoniram, Adoniram, Anne looked very fragile and weak. And Adoniram wondered when he saw the baby, what hope is there? Within weeks, the foreigners were seized and made to walk seven miles to a new prison. The hot gravels under the soil made Adoniram's feet to be cut. And it made walking unbearable. At a point, the men were thrown into carts to complete the journey. For seven months, they lived in another death camp close to starvation. If it hadn't been for one of 
Moin, one of Jackson's earliest converts, and the prisoners, and Anne, who followed Anne Adoniram to that place with the baby and Maria, he would have starved. He said, I had not felt certain that every additional trial was ordered by love. I could not have suffered my accumulated suffering. There in the valley of the shadow of death, God was with me. Yet though I walked to the valley of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil. The war was going badly now. And finally, a treaty was signed and Adoniram was released from prison. Hallelujah. After 17 months. Now, the Jackson family, the three of them, Adoniram, Anne, and his beautiful daughter. Huh? All of them, all three of them were sick after 17 months. And they were transported to uh, the capital. Alright, all of them were almost dead. They were all so sick. All right. So, but Adoniram was allowed to go home, even though he was still officially a prisoner. There was a miracle waiting for them. Mung had found Adoniram's old pillow lying in the prison yard. Carrying it home, he was astounded to find the hidden treasure of the New Testament that was written. No computer, no copies. That's the only one. Adoniram was moved to tears that that thing was preserved. All right. After all this pain and suffering, the Jacksons were still serving God. And they said, what shall we render to the Lord for all his benefits towards us? Their marriage covenant was consecrated to him. Adoniram and Am stopped for a brief time in Rangoon to see if they had any possessions. But the mission house was destroyed by the war. So they left Burmese territory and moved to a certain jungle village which was under British control and started a new mission there. By this time, Anne was now fragile in health. She was recovering from typhus. She longed for Adoniram to stay with her and the government of Burma, British government, have asked Adoniram to go and translate something for them at the capital. So he agreed to go for the negotiation. So Adoniram left September 30th to go to Ava to begin his translating for the government. In the first few weeks that he went, Anne cheerfully supervised the building of a new bamboo house and two classrooms for the new mission. She wrote to her husband, I have this day moved into a new house and for the first time since we were broken up, I feel myself at home. The house is large and convenient and if you were here, I should feel quite happy. Adoniram wrote later to Anne's mother, our parting was much less painful than many others had been. We had been preserved through so many trials that a separation for just three months to go and do the translation was nothing. So we parted with cheerful hearts. But without warning, Anne collapsed from a raging fever. Remember, they have just come out of the prison for 17 months. Perhaps the typhus was returning. Even with the British doctors who were nearby, her body had suffered so much from 17 months that she could not fight the fever. And on October, at just age 37, Anne Adoniram, Justin's wife, was dead. On November 24th, this he died in October, November 24th, Adoniram received a letter from the British superintendent. He opened it hurriedly, concerned that something had happened to Maria. With a broken heart, he read the stark words on the page. To sum up the unhappy tidings in a few words, please, Mrs. Jackson is no more. She died the other day of remittent fever 
18 days ill. Anne was no more. How could this be? In anguish, he recalled his beloved Anne, who had given him her heart in her girlhood, who had faithfully followed him for 14 years over land and sea through trackless jungles and strange crowded cities with a heroism unparalleled in the annals of missions, dearest Anne. Inconsolable, Adoniram could not bear that he had not been there for her as she had been for him whilst he was in prison, roaming around and begging everybody to release her husband. He cried before the Lord for days with bitter heart-rending anguish. He wrote of his surrender to the comfort which the gospel subsequently afforded. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which brings life. He said, while I'm writing these lines, his spirit is resting, rejoicing in heavenly paradise, but his heart was broken. Are you still around? Yeah. Up till today, when you go to Burma, the churches that he built and the schools are there. And the Bible they use, that's how we use King James Bible, they use the Judson Bible. It is his translation of the language. That is the main version of the Bible today. Adonirman returned to the mission to his little baby. He had been dragged into prison. But one more tragedy awaited him. Maria, his little baby daughter. (laughs) I shouldn't continue reading, you see. Huh? <laughs> Anne, who had never been a very healthy baby, became seriously ill. No amount of care from Mrs. Wade or the doctors who could overcome this newest onslaught. Adonam wrote home to Anne's mother. On April 24th, his wife died October. My little daughter, Maria, breathed her last. Aged two years and three months. Shortly after, Adoniram joined another group to another mission. Villagers flocked to the mission house to hear the message. For Adoniram, he built a hut in the jungle and lived there alone. Yeah. Other than short spurts of missionary work, Adoniram spent hours walking through the jungle and praying for the Lord's comfort. And direction, asking for a renewal of the joy of his salvation. Hallelujah. Are you still around? Yeah. Sit down, everybody. I want to see those behind you, whether they are awake. Are you still here? Wow, you seem to be here. Okay. When he came out of the hut that he was living in the jungle... He wrote, he became, he was on fire again for the Lord. All right. And one time during a festival, he said, I've given away 10,000 tracts. 6,000 requests have come to the mission house alone for these tracts. All right. By the end of 1830, Anne Adoniram wrote, a report to American Baptist Mission who were supporting him, who sent him. He says, 217 people have been baptized this year alone. 136 at Mulmain, 
and 76 at Tavoy and 5 at Rangoon. 217 people. Amen. In February 1831, after leading several natives to Christ, George Boardman, one of his friends, and passed away from tuberculosis. And his wife, Sarah, continued to minister in the jungle with her son, George. And Adoniram started making trips to that. So this lady was a missionary's husband who died in the jungle. She continued to stay in the jungle. All right. So Adoniram Judson went over there. All right. And throughout 1832 and 1833, Adoniram spent weeks secluded in a small hut working on the translation of the Old Testament because he did the New Testament first. Finally, on January 31, at the age of 46, Adoniram Jackson could shout the victory. The Bible is done. Yeah. Hallelujah. 21 years ago, a youthful Adoniram and Anne Jackson had stepped on the shores of Burma. Now a seasoned missionary, he could say that the Bible translation he had longed to write was complete. Adoniram was now set for the next phase of his life in Christ. Eight years had passed since his aunt died. And in the years following her death, Adoniram had made trips to that area. And this missionary who had also died, his wife was there, Sarah. He began to flow with her. (laughs) As a young widow, she had worked among the natives for three years. Once again, Adoniram had fallen in love with an accomplished godly woman committed to Christ. April 10th, 1834, Adoniram and Sarah were married among the people they loved. Adoniram and, Mary and Sarah began a vibrant ministry life together. At 46, Adoniram still had hair and he was in health. He used to walk up and down, preach seven sermons a week. While Sarah wrote catechism, taught Bible studies and translated pilgrims programs into Burmese. They ministered together. When Adoniram traveled to Calcutta, they spent a few days apart and he wrote to Sarah of his desire to come back quickly to see her. He said, how joyfully do I hope to embark to see the hills of Mulmain? And how joyfully do I hope to see your dear face and take you in my loving arms? Whereas John Wesley wrote to his wife and said, I hope I never see your wicked face again. (laughs) On October 31, Sarah gave birth to their first child, Abigail. She was a special joy to her mother. A year and a half, she gave birth to a son, Adoniram Brown Jackson. The next three years, she gave birth to two more boys, Elnathan and Henry. Every morning we come out. They were having a lot of sex, man. Why not? Every morning. Remember that all of Anne's children had died. Every morning we come around the family altar and we pray. 1840, Adoniram revised the Old Testament again. And he said he had labored to translate directly from Hebrew. 
to make every sentence a faithful representation of the original. His early passions were accomplished and the Bible was complete. Wow. The next year, March 1841, Sarah delivered another child, Luther, a stillborn son. Shortly after, she and all four children were struck with dysentery. And while they were there, little Henry, one of their babies, half, one and a half years, died and was buried by the grave of William Carey. In the next three and a half years, Sarah gave birth to three more sons. Clap for Sarah, I tell you. Charles, Edward, eh? Just three months after her son Edward was born, 41-year-old Sarah began to fight again with dysentery. The doctors insisted that her only hope for recovery was a sea voyage to America, away from the oppressive heat and parasites. On April 26th, Adoniram and Sarah got on the boat, Charlie, we are going to America. They boarded the ship Paragon with their oldest three children, Abby Ann, Adoniram and Elnathan. The children would join George Jr., one of the first children in America, to continue their education there. The three youngest children remained. But Adoniram was very sad because he had left some of the children in in, uh, Burma. And he said, these rendings of parental ties are more severe than any can possibly conceive who have never felt this wrench. But I hope I can say with you that I love Christ above all. I am striving in the strength of my weak faith to get up my mind to face and welcome all his appointments. When they got to the Isle of France, which is today Mauritius, the Jacksons were transferred to another ship bound for the United States. For a few weeks, Sarah appeared to be recovering, but suddenly she took a turn for the worse. And Sarah was in perfect peace throughout her final sickness. She longed to see her little son after 10 years, but she was at rest in her father's will. She said, "Mm, I am in a strait betwixt two. Let the will of God be done. At 3 a.m. in the morning, on September 1, 1845, after a final kiss for Adoniram, she fell asleep and woke up in heaven. Later that day, her body was buried on the British island of St. Helena in a beautiful shady spot. By evening, the ship was on the way again. While the grieving husband and his children were in the ship going to America. Do you, do you understand the story? Yeah, when they got to the island, then they buried her in the morning, then the evening off with the children. He and the children, they left the wife on the island. Sarah Boardman Judson had faithfully served the Lord in Burma, preaching, translating, and ministering beside two missionary husbands. She had also given birth to 11 children, three with George Boardman and eight with Adoniram, and six of her children survived. Six weeks later, after 33 years in Burma, a reticent Adoniram Justin stepped on the shores of Massachusetts. For the past three decades, stories of his victories and his sacrifices had been circulated through America, and he was considered a hero. He didn't know anything about it, far and wide. Yet, because of a throat problem he had, when he was asked to speak, he couldn't speak. A welcome meeting was set up in Boston, and church dignitaries, came and Adoniram sat on the platform 
with church dignity, feeling humbled and out of place. One pastor stood to speak of his accomplishment. An older man walked down. All right? And he was just embarrassed by all the church things they were doing. One day, while attending a missionary meeting in Philadelphia, Adoniram was introduced to a young writer called Emily, who wrote stories under the name of Fanny Forrester. Adoniram was looking for a biographer to write the story of his wife's life. And Emily had a good writing. So together they worked on the biography. Emily confessed a secret to Datsun. She said since she was a girl, she had a desire to become a foreign missionary. Although she was only 27 years old, half of Datsun's age, Adoniram was surprised at their compatibility. Within a month, the famous Berman missionary, I'm telling you to expect great things. Is this, are these great things? Are they accomplishing great things for God? The famous Berman missionary shocked the Christian world by proposing marriage to this 27-year-old girl. A lot of people protested, but Emily said, Charlie, I'll marry the guy. The month before the wedding, he left his little child, and Adoniram and Emily were married in a home, and they got, went on the ship back to Burma. At 57, Adoniram knew he would never come back to America. Adoniram was happy to see his small children that he had left still alive. The children could not remember their mother, so they embraced the new one as their mother. After a short stay, they traveled back. And Adoniram and Emily celebrated their first anniversary. And Emily wrote to her sister, it has been by far the happiest year of my life. Six years, six months later, she gave birth to a bouncing baby boy. Wow. Two years later, at the age of 61, Adoniram was walking up and down. Emily wrote about him. She said, he's not satisfied. This man is not satisfied with the common walk on level ground. He always chooses an uphill path and goes bounding on his way with all the exuberant activity of boyhood. Emily was not able to join him because she was having a cough <coughs> all the time. I'm ending, I'm ending. Daily, Jackson's fervency was the gospel seemed to increase more. Every book we read, every chain of thought seems to me that more than ever, Christ is all. What deep cause we have for gratitude to God, Jackson explained to his wife, oh, the love of Christ. Shortly after, Adoniram caught a cold accompanied by high fever. He thought he would recover, but instead the illness became worse. For the next few months, Adoniram spent most of his time in bed. With a great deal of time to pray, he exclaimed to Emily one night, I have gained the victory at last. I love every one of Christ's redeems, as I believe he would have loved me. And I now ally at peace with the world. What is better still, at peace with my own conscience. Steadily, he grew worse. And the doctors insisted, Charlie, you must go on the ship. Otherwise, you die. So, they took him to the harbor. And Emily booked Adoniram on a French ship called the Aristide Marie. Due to sail for the Isle of France, which is Mauritius. She could not accompany him because she was pregnant. Just before she, he got on the ship, he called his wife and confided in her. He said, look. I am not tired of my work. Neither am I tired of the world. 
Yet when Christ calls me home, I shall go with the gladness of a boy. Bounding away from his school. And he said, death will never take me by surprise. I feel so strong in Christ. Hallelujah. On April 6th, the Aristide Marie went out to sea with Adoniram on board with one missionary to be with him as a companion. The name of the missionary was Thomas. Within days, Adoniram's strength got finished. And Rani sat, Thomas Rani sat by his bed and Adoniram spoke to him. And he said, I am glad you are here. I do not feel so abandoned because you are here. You are my only brother now. The only one on board who loves Christ. And it's a great comfort to have one near me who loves Christ. Adoniram's death, Thomas Rani told his wife later, was like someone who went to sleep. The gentle pressure of his hand showed the peacefulness of his spirit about to take its homeward flight. And on April 12th, Adoniram Jackson reached his golden shore. Because the ship was far from any shore, he was buried at sea in the Bay of Bengal, a few hundred miles into the sea. Three weeks later, Emily gave birth to a son. She named Charles, but the baby died. Her consolation was in Christ. And the the child that she was trying to protect by not going on the ship, when she eventually gave birth to him, he also died. So she, she should have even gone on the ship. Three months later, word reached her that Adoniram had died because there was no email, no text, no fast, no WhatsApp, no nothing. Three months later, that she knew that her husband was dead. As soon as she heard her husband was dead, she lovingly packed all their belongings and returned to the United States to live with her little ones. Unfortunately, Emily herself never recovered from her cough. And on June 1854, just at the age of 36, remember she married when she was 27, Emily also passed away from tuberculosis and joined her husband in heaven. Three times lucky. You'll be lucky every time. At his death, I said, expect great things. Amen. Expect what? Great things. At his death, listen, I'm ending. The camp is ending. But I preach about expecting great things. And I showed you one person who expected great things. Went out, laid down his life, took up his cross. Unlike we are doing today. At his death, he left the Burmese Bible, a Burmese grammar book, a Burmese English dictionary, all of which are in print and are still being used today in Myanmar. Myanmar is Burma. His Bible translation remains the most popular translation in the nation. Every dictionary and grammar book written in the last two centuries has been based on the one he originally created. When Adoniram Judson finally set sail for that last journey where he died on the ship, there were 100 churches in Burma. Expect great things. I said expect great things. And there were 8,000 believers in Myanmar as a result of his missionary call. Hallelujah. Today, in spite of fierce government opposition, 
the Christian church continues to flourish with nearly 4 million believers in Myanmar, half of which are Baptists, Adoniram Jackson's denomination. Every July, July, the churches in Myanmar celebrate the Jackson Day, commemorating his arrival with Anne, his young bride, on that July afternoon. On the campus of Yangon University, which used to be called Jackson College, stands Jackson Church. In that same city, where Adoniram and Anne labored tirelessly as a Baptist seminar, a Baptist seminar was founded that is still in operation today, called the Myanmar Institute of Theology. Expect great things. Open to all Protestant denominations. And in a final triumph to God's faithfulness, the Jackson Baptist Church and the Anne Hazeltine Jackson Memorial Chapel stand at the very site of that prison where they were imprisoned for 17 months. The Anne Hazeltine and Jackson Chapel is built at right where the prison was. And Jackson's Chapel and Jackson's uh, Jackson Memorial, what is it? Jackson Baptist Church and Anne Memorial Chapel. They are all right of where the prison used to be. Expect great things. I said expect great things. Hallelujah. In the United States, Jackson is considered a significant catalyst for the formation of the American Baptist Association. There are more than 30 United States churches named after Adoniram Jackson. As well as the Jackson University in Illinois. The Jackson College in Alabama is named in honor of Anne. And during the World War II, a ship, the SS Adoniram Jackson, was named in his honor. And the Jackson Press in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, publishes Christian books under his name. Clap for Jesus. Adoniram Jackson suffered, but he had the honor of three, marrying three exceptional women. Out of his 13 children, seven survived. Hallelujah. His four sons and his stepson all attended his alma mater, the Brown University. All right? All of them became ministers. Edward founded the Jackson Memorial Baptist Church in Market Square, New York City which still welcomes a large congregation today. Abby Ann became the director of a girl's school, and little Emily became a wife and a mother of eight children to continue the Judson line. In Massachusetts, a tablet was placed at the first Baptist meeting house. It reads, in memoriam, Reverend Adoniram Judson, born August 9, 1788, died April 12, 1850. Malden, his birthplace, the ocean, his sepulchre, converted Bermans, and the Berman Bible is his monument. His record is on high. Before his ministry began, Adoniram Jackson wrote the following words. He said, God is waiting to be gracious to us if we will not run away from him. A few days and our work will be done. And when it is done once, it is done to all eternity. A life once spent is irrevocable. It will remain to be contemplated throughout eternity. 
what you did on this earth. Expect great things from God. The same may be said of each day. Once it is past, it is gone forever. This is what he wrote before he went on the mission field. How we wish to see each day marked with usefulness. It is too late to mend the days that are past. The future is in our power. Let us then each morning resolve to send the day into eternity in such a gap as we shall wish to wear it forever. And at night, let us reflect that one more day is irrevocably gone, indelibly marked. Good night. Ask of me, and I will surely give thee the nations as an inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as thy possession. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you inspired by real Christians? Are you inspired by real Christians? Yes, they are not trying to live for a long time. They are trying to do something for God. Yes. They are not trying to live and live. Yes. It's time for us to change into a new dress and expect great things and attempt great things for our God. Let us go to the ends of the world. Let us not just be happy with ourselves in our little, little things we are doing. There are many islands, many people, many places God is calling us to go to. As for me, I admire such people. These are the type of men of God that I think are great men of God. It's a good example for me. I don't think I'm like that. I wish to be more like that and more like Jesus. Jesus came. He started it all. These people have come. The apostles came. They continued. Then these heroes came. Adoniram Jackson, William Carey, Zinzendorf, and others. Missionaries. They took the... And even in their time, people criticized. They said, what is this? What is this? What are you doing? It's madness. It's mad. But when they, their lives were over, everybody testified and said, this was a real thing. Christianity. God did not send us into the world to come and do banks and make money and start trying to enter the marketplace. Let us believe in the wonders, the wonders of sowing the seed of the word of God. The wonders of preaching. The greatness that comes from preaching and develop the art of the skill or the skill of being a preacher, a sower of great seeds of the word of God. Lift your hands. Father, thanks a million for what has been said here. It will never be forgotten. It will always remain in our hearts. We will always see the difference between ourselves and those who shine the brightest in your kingdom. We are grateful for your great blessing and your strengthening us in our lives. We love you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. We are grateful for your great love, your great kindness that you show to us. Lay your hand on your heart. Ask God to give you a a new heart, a good heart that loves him and that believes in him. That is not trying to get things but trying to love him. Trying to serve him. Hallelujah. 
Father, thanks a million for all that you have done for us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Take out an offering. I want us to give an offering at least. How many believe that we can have another camp, a longer camp? Wow. Amen. Don't forget, how soon does the devil steal the word? How soon do persecutions and problems steal the word? After a time. Say after a time. How soon do cares of this world and prosperity steal the word? After you've prospered, isn't it? After you've prospered and you've, you have developed so much that you have cares. Do you get it? But I see 30, at least 30 effects of this camp meeting in your life from today. Yes. So go back and listen to it. That's why I continue to read the story even though you were sleeping. I said, oh, when you are listening to you, you will see that you understand it. Yes. But it's a blessing. Amen. Father, bless these wonderful ones as we present your, our offerings today, our tithes. Bless this church with so much money that we will have many church buildings all over Guyana. No part of Guyana will be left out in this revival and salvation. Thanks a million for your great blessing. Please take away selfishness. The selfishness that makes us ignore places that are difficult and give us a heart for missions, obedience, and a love for you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I just received the offering. What song do you want Ida to sing? Expect great things.
Finish taking the offering first. When they bring the offering basket, before you can stand up. Come on. Woo! Do the work of God. Don't stop till it's done. Keep on. Do the 
Expect great things from God. Hey, hey. 
Don't you give it up? 
get up, stand up. You must fight the fight. Don't get tired. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. Just sit down. Don't be 
For so long we've been together I won't be seeing you anymore I can't help crying as I speak And I've been crying all week long It's time for me to take my cross And follow Jesus every day I have found a greater love The love of Jesus is so real Jesus now. 